forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. But damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome. This is your favorite neighborhood host here at Hop Heroes. I am filling in for our uh, wonderful host, Jordan Aerith. He, unfortunately, is out saving the world of uh, travel and hospitality today. So uh, we will be doing this episode without him. But we're super excited. Um, I got um, JR here. JR, how you living? I'm doing good. Uh, just enjoying the nice cool weather today which was supposed to be steaming hot so i'm actually really excited about that awesome so, yeah. awesome doing good and uh i'm really excited because uh, a couple weeks ago we did a review on invasion of wrestletopia the book and as promised today we have the two authors from the book matt and ed how are you guys doing today great awesome thanks for having us i'm just opening up uh I got a local beer here around Portland. It's uh, this micro brew called Hub. And in honor of our comic book, it's their Galactic, Galactic <laughs> Ale. That's so perfect. That's I there. know. Perfect. And I'm drinking a Deschutes Fresh Squeeze IPAs, getting my Sunday morning off started right. That's really a good enjoying one. it. Yeah. I like that one. It, Man. Um, yeah. Wow. Ed, that glass. Yeah, that is a wow. monster. Oh <laughs> that is not the best pour. No. <laughs> that is huge. Oh, man. I will uh, rep for Arizona here with the Santan Moon Juice. Also relevant, Galactic IPA. Ooh, oh, yeah. nice. Dude. Nice. Oh, look at this. He's got a boot, too. <laughs> I've got a growler collection. I've got all kinds of stuff. This is just nice. wow. Wow. Being in Portland, you, you end up collecting a lot of this. If you're a beer guy, you end up collecting all this, all this crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. I, I love how you guys are better at working the theme than uh, us at Hop Heroes. We are like really <laughs> awful. Hey, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to pay the bills. These guys. These guys are carrying the weight today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm drinking a, a Deschutes. Jordan's like, hey, just get Deschutes, you know? And I, I don't drink the beer. I'm not the beer guy. I listen to Zach and Jordan all the time on what to get. So I just go right in order. And I, I got a Fresh Haze IPA, India Pale Ale. That's a great um, one. And it's, I, I said juicy, so that was like the reason I got it. <laughs> so we'll see how, uh, how I do. Really, my go-to beer is just the regular old Deschutes Pale Ale because it's it's very good, but it's also uh, pretty chill. 
Whereas mm-hmm. I, I love both those IPAs you're drinking, but they just just turn my stomach into knots. Oh wow! Yeah, the sugar and alcohol. Yeah. And I pay for it. I pay for it the next day. But yeah. they're so. <laughs> I mean, they're they're those those two IPAs you guys have are actually some of my favorites that I I never drink because mm-hmm. they're very. Powerful. I feel like you really got to have some self control with them because they're delicious, but they're a little bit heavier and they're not as sessionable. You can't really have more than one you know if you, if you if you go for that third or second one it's kind of like oh man you're really rolling the dice on that yeah. one. I, ipas are like ipas are the are the home beer that's the beer you drink at home yeah uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> elsewhere is the pale ale yeah yeah i dig it all right so um on hop heroes you know obviously this is a comic book podcast we review a lot of stuff we we talk a ton of superheroes so we always like to start our um, interviews with the same question. And since um, you guys both authored this book, I think I'm kind of going to break this question up into just asking you, Ed, and then just asking you, Matt. So let's start Let's start with you, Ed. What is your origin story? Oh, I gotcha. Just for me. Just me. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. Um, I was obsessed with wrestling as a small, as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older than Matt. I'm 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being a Pacific Northwest guys, maybe you kind of know this. We were lucky enough to grow up with our own local wrestling territory. So even before cable TV, you could watch wrestling on your local uh, channel 12, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was also really, really wanted to, you know, I knew I wanted to do something in animation or video games, Um at a certain point, I figured I wasn't going to cut it as a wrestler. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did so, you try? I thought hard about it, and I just kind of realized, you know, I'm kind of like a really pudgy, unathletic kid that's not <laughs> tough and has no like. <laughs> so maybe I should avoid falling through tables as a profession. <laughs> but uh, so I, it was just, um, a, it was just, it, it was hard, at, you know, growing up and like being a kid of the '80s really into video games especially ones that told a story and those the, the first ones to do that were sort of these infocom text adventures then sierra mm-hmm. uh, then lucasarts inspired me to want to be um somebody who created stories for games and wrote the funny dialogue and figured out the fun puzzles mm-hmm. it took me a long time to figure out how to do that because there wasn't much guidance in how there wasn't much of a path that you could right. see yeah, I didn't even know what I'd never heard the phrase game designer or narrative mm-hmm. designer for you know as a, as a high school kid or even mm-hmm. college. But luckily enough, I was I went to I grew, I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I went to college in the Midwest and and found myself in Chicago, which does have a small and still today has a, a small gaming industry, and was able to in my late twenties to sort of weasel my way into a game studio as a producer, mm-hmm. and then further weasel my way into a creative role as a game designer and then fell into doing quite a bit of writing for games we were working on at the studio. Matt will come into the picture. Cool. That's where we met at this game studio. And, uh, and now we, but we, but I was, I was done working for the, the studio in 2006 mm-hmm. and have, uh, ever since been a freelance, uh, sort of narrative designer writer working on lots of different projects for different, publishers game studios mm-hmm. a lot of them uh, a lot of them with matt together uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them just on my own and um and matt and i found that we really enjoyed working together which is how we 
got into doing comics together. And I'll sort of, but I'll let I'll let Matt pick up the tail there. That so that's I think that's my origin story. Nice. So my parents, my parents were probably involved in there somewhere, but you know, <laughs> that's about it. That's for the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your origin story? Uh, so you know, I was a both a wrestling fan and a comic book fan as a kid. Um, I sort of knew I wanted to do something in the entertainment field. Uh, I ended up going to Syracuse, as we discussed before we started yeah, recording, yeah, yeah. Um, at, you know, in the computer animation program, and thinking I wanted to do special effects for ILM. And then at some point during my, t- you know, my four years at Syracuse, I started thinking about uh, becoming an environmental designer in video games mm-hmm. and uh i did a little independent study with a buddy of mine who was a programmer and we made like an old school lucas art style point click graphic adventure called mm-hmm. ockers which was uh you know it was humorous it was a little bit lewd a little bit crude um and after i graduated i sent it to high voltage studios which is where ed and i met Mm-hmm. And at the time, they just happened to be developing Leisure Suit Larry. And the humor in that game that you know I created in college just happened to be sort of right in line with, I don't know if either of you are familiar with the Leisure Suit Larry franchise. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, there are sex farces, basically. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's and, nice um, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and so I, you know, I, I went in, like graduated college uh, and put together a whole visual portfolio of environments that I had, you know, done thinking I was going to be, uh, you know, a level designer, environmental designer, and then got hired as a writer with very little writing training. So um, I was really just sort of learning on the job. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really kind of the gauntlet because Ed and I were working separately, but on the same team. And we would have to bring three scripts every week and read them in front of like all the senior people on the team. And because Leisure Suit Larry is a comedy franchise, we had to make them laugh, which, you know, like if no one's laughing. Basically you know, stand up comedy with your career, like on the yeah, line every every yeah, week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Jesus. It's kind of cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, after a while, I kind of found a rhythm and, um, you know, Ed and I started collaborating on a sequel that unfortunately got canceled. And then I had a brief foray in the advertising industry um, as a copywriter. And um, but fortunately, the video game industry came calling back, um, came calling me back. And um, for the last several years now, it's been almost a decade, uh, I've been working full time in games again as a writer. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's a journey for sure. That's a, uh, for me, I mean, that's a, that's a very creative journey. You know, you're heading through a, where everybody kind of wants to be at, you know, not, a, you know, you're not doing like a normal Monday through Friday kind of job. You've got to go through you know, all that, uh, that, that's just seems difficult. I mean, I went to art school and that was, that was fun, but tough at the same time. Cause you got all these aspirations out there and people will, you know, do what they can to get there. So that's, that's pretty, I love it. I love that you, you guys go through that. Um, 
So one of, obviously with what we do at, at comic book podcast, you know, we love to kind of see how everybody gets there, particularly like independent comics and smaller comics. You know, how did you, you know, get to to get published? You know, how did you guys team up with uh, uh, Starburn? Was it difficult to to get that going? Um, I mean, did you guys just start sending out a bunch of, you know, books or I mean, how did that that work out with uh, your publisher? We hadn't gone through this before. So Matt and I, of course, we met were in the video game industry had worked together a lot for clients clients like ubisoft uh twisted pixel games in austin texas we worked together we really like working together and i kind of felt like you know we had a real chemistry and 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 maybe you know some ability here with this comedy stuff we started writing screenplays together and we even worked on one movie that got made uh it's called lumberjack man which was uh, a great time so we we had all these stories in mind, and we realized that WrestleTopia was one that we just did not want to relegate to the dustbin. Um, comic books seemed like the best way to bring it to life in a format that that would where people could pick it up and read it, because you know nobody wants to read a screenplay. It, mm-hmm. You know your parents don't want to read it. It's it's not it's not fun. But a comic mm-hmm. book is really cool to pick up and read. Mm-hmm. And we figured, okay, we could, we could, we could do this. We could, uh, we could even self finance. So we self financed the comic book, all wow. six issues. We we just wow. paid artists, uh, the artists and colorists and letterer and and other expenses. Um, so in finding Starburns, yeah, it was a little difficult. We we didn't we sent it to everybody, right? Um, and 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 you know, quite a few places kind of gave us, you know, you expect the the the. A rejection right and so we mm-hmm. quite a few places said, said thanks but no thanks a couple small places we had one or two small publishers even say yes and then we kind of looked at the publisher a little more carefully and asked around they're like oh no you these you do not want to be published by these people at all wow. and so there was even, there was one or two where we said it was a little weird because we like we sent we we we, we contacted them and they were like you know we kind of changed our minds we we're, we're, I think we're good. <laughs> Starburns was came about because we just saw this press release saying hey this company Starburns wants to publish comics and they want to publish humorous comics. Mm-hmm. We already had done two issues of Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, um, which I'm guessing if you haven't read it, which I'm guessing is almost everyone listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> It's about a disgruntled professional wrestler who declares himself galactic champion of the universe on live television. The signal goes out into space and is intercepted by a planet of wrestling aliens, WrestleTopians, who are mm-hmm. happy. All right. So it's a, it's a it's a comedy. It's an action like a, it's an action comedy. And I thought, hey, we'll be the perfect fit. And we sent it to him, and and you know didn't get much of a response, and and then uh, we we really kind of had to pursue them a bit. Uh, luckily, Trevor Richardson, who's our uh, acquisitions person, actually lives in Portland, so I was able to say, hey, can we go to lunch? Can I really? And I'm not sure, you know, I, I was able to really show them to him. And we had some, we did a, a tiny print run just for cons and things of just the mm-hmm. first two issues. Mm-hmm. I was able to really show it to him and uh, kind of convince him that it wasn't just all about the jokes. It was uh, an emotional story there as well. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's do this. And um, so it's, uh, that's how that came about. Um, so you kind of, felt like Starburn was the perfect fit. 
Like you were like, I even if they're kind of iffy on the on the acceptance now, I really feel like Starburn <laughs> would be a great fit, and I'm 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 gonna like kind of pu- push the gas down a little bit harder and and try to make this happen. They came, they, yeah, they came around, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and now I think that they, they really dig it. Um, it seemed like with the comedy thing, it was a good fit, and of course, Starburns Industries there is or your Starburns, yeah, Starburns is a. a they're not very well known in the comic book space yet, but they do a lot of stuff in Hollywood. So yeah. they are an established company. Yeah. And so there are some advantages there, other advantages of sort of going with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's been great so far. It's, it's been what we expected. I guess it's in, in publishing. It's sort of what they call, I guess, a creator owned deal where Matt and I pay for everything still, <laughs> but we own, we own the IP. We own mm-hmm. It's, it's our intellectual property and mm-hmm. um, and you know so we're hoping you know and, and so we're hoping to obviously find a, a bigger audience with this uh, we're hoping to put a trade in stores at least mm-hmm. um, maybe single issues maybe but a trade we uh, hopefully um, it is you know Starburns is down there in Hollywood and and that's they, they do animated television so mm-hmm. it's at least the possibility or the hope that Starburns would would be able to turn find uh, someone like Hulu or somebody that's interested in like an animated TV oh, show. Oh man, that would be so mm. cool! <laughs> With like you know Stone Cold Steve Austin doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, right about at the point where we were all, we were about finished with the sixth issue. And right about at the point where you know we we made a, sl- uh, a a pitch deck, you know for for the property for for Hollywood and all this stuff, it was right at that moment that the whole world went to shit. So yeah. uh, you know all bets are off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So if if you guys are still paying for all of the kind of promotional and and all advertising and that type of thing, where does Starburn come in as as a um kind of an aid to the process? Well, we, so we don't really do any, like, you know, we don't pay for marketing per se. Okay. Um, we, we just like, you know, Ed is, this is kind of really Ed's thing. Ed kind of searches out people like yourselves, um, Mm -hmm. to help get the word out. Um, they're, you know, they're more like, they've gotten in touch, us in touch with a few media outlets that we had tried to get to review when we were self-publishing and had no Mm -hmm. interest on it you know, in our series. And then suddenly the fact that, you know, Starburns with the weight of like Dan Harmon and Dino Stamatopoulos attached mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, bec- becomes, you know, something more credible. All that, of a sudden that, ears yeah. open and, and eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've been, a lot of, you know, very helpful on that front. And then of course, for us, you know, if we are, you know, if we end up putting the trade out, like that is something we definitely could not finance you know like mm-hmm, right. printing up, yeah like you know printing up you know these you know paperback edi- you know collected editions and distributing them to bookstores and comic stores that is something we could not do so mm-hmm. it, it you know it's very typical with a lot of the indie publishers that um you know if you want to retain 100 percent ownership of your ip uh you have to pay your creative staff yeah um, and then now, because, you know, these guys have a connection to TV and film, um, they have the ability to sort of open doors to 
possibly expand this IP beyond just being a comic series. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, yeah, like, as Ed said, like, the whole creative deck was done. And um, Starburns was ready to sort of bring it out to, <laughs> to people. And then the pandemic hit. And yeah. so it's been a holding pattern. Our, our, our timing overall has not been stellar. I think we <laughs> start, started making the first single issue, the first issue, right about the time that the market for single you know for for single issue comics just sort of bottomed out right like yeah like, you know people people still buy trades and graphic novels and, uh -huh. and there are some people that still buy single issues but by and large we that was i think another interesting thing in, in, in talking to publishers was we didn't even find publishers who really like liked it but we're like you know look you guys are two complete unknowns no you know you don't have you're not you're, you're not big names in the comic industry mm -hmm. people aren't buying single issues this ip is unknown it's not like you're writing for you know a big name you're not writing james bond or 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 dark crystal it's just mm -hmm. this ip you invented it's uh yeah, there's just like three. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a great. The timing wasn't great for two complete unknowns right. with a, a brand new IP they invented to launch single issues into comic book stores. It was right like, for sure. Because <laughs> the whole nobody's like a lot of people aren't going into the stores anymore right now. No, you then, know. Yeah, no, it's just it's just gotten worse. It's like, and, and in my head, I was like, well, okay, that's fine. You know, things will turn around. We'll we'll get to the sixth issue, and then there's a, you know, a global pandemic and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, but, um, I would say that though, I will say I, for us, I think the primary really driving force was we love the story mm -hmm. wanted it to exist in the world again, yeah. in a way, in such a way that anybody could check it out. I was like, look, if, if, if it just goes on Amazon Kindle and, mm -hmm. um, we print some copies just to put on our shelf to look at. Uh, like I'll be pretty happy, and uh, I stand by that. You know, I'm still, I'm still happy. It was uh, a very expensive hobby thus far, but it was a fun hobby. You know, it was really cool. It's a hobby. I'm not into kayaking too much or white water rafting <laughs> or throwing yourself through tables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's awesome. I, I feel like it sounds, you know, it must be very fulfilling. And, and also, you know, I think that who knows, you know, it could still be made into, uh, you know, those paperback issues. Hello, Hopheads. It's your friendly neighborhood host, Jordan. And just checking in to say this episode of Hop Heroes is brought to you by Action City Comics and Federal Way. Uh, shout out to our boy Doug over there. He's holding down the fort. Got a lot of new fresh stock in. Go check him out. He's still doing curbside. You can also go in the store uh, to see what he's got to offer. So go, go say hi to Doug for us. Say what's up. And uh, a huge shout out to Matt and Ed for coming on this week. Uh, the guys had so much fun with you guys. And I got to say, I was galactically bummed that I was unable to make this one. I was really excited for this episode. I really enjoyed Invasion from Planet Rexeltopia and just hearing the guys talk, they they just sound super cool and really bummed I missed out on the opportunity, but I'm sure we'll be able to collab down the road sometime and I'm very excited about that. Um, but I also wanted to just remind you guys about our pull box promotion we have going on. So again, there are three ways you can enter. You can A, subscribe to the podcast if you've already subscribed. Get a friend to subscribe and send us a snap. That counts as well. Uh, leave a review. Uh, or rate it. And if you do all three of these things, then you get three comic books from JR's personal pull box sent to your address. So uh, 
we got a lot of content we want to get out there and we got a lot of great comments we want to get out there. This is a great way to do both of it. So uh, spread the love, tell your friends. Uh, and also if you do an organic post on a social media platform, tagging us at Hop Heroes Pod, promoting an episode or just promoting the show, we'll also send you a comic book for that. So a lot of ways to get some free comic books to your door and we're more than willing to send it your way. So uh, show some love, spread the love. And again, thank you so much, Matt and Ed from Suspicious Behavior. Uh, speaking of which, let's go back to the show. And still could still be into that uh that uh animated series which would be amazing by the way because as i was reading it i remember thinking to myself man you know how like sometimes you 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 go panel by panel but for me i felt like the panels blended and i could almost see like the, (laughs) the animated series like in my mind as i was reading through it and um, I kind of want to get into the book. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Invasion of uh, Planet WrestleTopia. Let's talk about the story. Um, but I also kind of want to hit on the process you two went through. You guys keep saying that you guys, you know, you, you work really well together. What does that mean? Like, how do you how do you kind of feel that? And then what was the process from taking this to just an idea to making it into into what it is today? Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think Matt and I have a lot of the. the the same sensibilities when it comes to what we think is funny and what we think is, is like a cool story. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if ever we're not in agreement, it's usually something very small, you know, like a mm-hmm. random joke or something that, you know, uh, is not a big deal. So we, we, have, I, think, I don't know, we have a lot of confidence in each other. I think we also complement each other well in that I feel like we're both, we're well-rounded and, and, and good at what we do and, and, and what we do, you know, for games is really it's it in my mind anyway. It's light entertainment, right? We're, uh, in my mind, at least speaking for myself, I'm not a literary genius. I'm not a, you know, uh, I'm not a novelist. But I I I think I like to think I'm I'm pretty decent at writing some entertaining stuff that's fun, mm-hmm. funny. And I think that we're both good at that, and then we complement each other well. You know, Matt's um, really great with with some with dialogue. Some of the best snatches of dialogue in this thing, my favorite, are are all Matt. And uh, you know, we both I think have some. We're both I think pretty well rounded in this niche of of sort of light entertainment humor, but we also have some some different skills that comp- complement each other well, and I think that. Um, shows up. And when we work together, I think we also just, it, it's, I think it's fairly common when you have a writing partner, you get a lot done faster. Things just mm. move quicker. You, you mm. reach certain bars of quality faster than on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like working uh, with other people because mm-hmm. uh, it pushes me to get to certain milestones faster. Mm-hmm. So um, I think with, yeah, with WrestleTopia, it was, I mean, Matt can go into this here, but it was um, taking the basic story, which we had figured out and written a screenplay for, and even took a stab at a TV pilot, mm-hmm. but maybe weren't, you know, I don't know if we were super thrilled with, with, with either. they're both cool, but I think, I think we really sort of nailed the story trying to outline it for for a comic book miniseries yeah and those processes are all extremely different right the screenplay to the outline to then writing for a comic book those are very different kind of formats to tell the story 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, and Matt, you can, I think, talk to the comic book process pretty well. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was definitely a learning process for us because, you know, like I've been collecting comics since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. Um, so obviously, like I was very familiar with it as a storytelling medium, but mm-hmm. um, I had no experience actually writing for that medium. And it's a very different kind of writing than mm. what we're accustomed to, because, you know, like most of what we're doing, especially because 99 percent of the work we do is for the video game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a voice actor who's going to read our lines <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, you can do some tinkering in the studio if the line isn't quite right, you know, like mm-hmm. during the session. Um, and, and, you know, you can rely on the power of that actor, whereas it's not just words on the page. And right. also, you know, you're dealing with a medium where, uh, you know, it's often we're telling stories that are not, you know, beginning, middle, end. They're not linear yeah. like the comic book medium is. Mm-hmm. So there's all those sort of, you know, branching considerations that you make when you're writing for the video game mm-hmm. uh, format. Uh, so, uh, you know, we very intentionally wanted to hire people that had experience and could kind of like correct us when we were sort of doing things. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so, you know, especially the artists were very helpful. You know, for the first three issues, we had Dan Scotty. For the last three, we had Kendall Good. And these are both guys with like minimum 10 years of experience working in the industry. So, you know, we, we weren't overly prescriptive with our scripts in terms of like, you know, we would say like in terms of like what shots every panel would be, right? You know, right. Like if something was absolutely essential for the story, we would tell them. But a lot of, a lot of what we were doing just sort of rely, you know, these guys are experts in their field. We will let them visually tell the story as they see fit. And if they see like we're doing something wrong in our script and this is not the best way to communicate this scene, we will let them make that call. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like just from issue one, issue six, it was a whole learning process. And and I felt like by, you know, issue six, Ed and I finally like really started to get how to tell a story in this medium Um, with a lot of guidance from our artists and then. Once we hooked up with Starburns, we had an editor as well. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, who's more like a style guy, not a um, – he wasn't giving us notes on the story. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, is, there, is there any particularly character based off of anybody or, or any personality? <laughs> like, I mean, uh, yeah, I know you probably get that question a lot. But, yeah. Uh, can, I, can I guess? Can I guess? Have yeah, you ever seen Ready to Rumble? Oh, I've yeah. never seen Ready to Rumble. You've never really? seen it? Oh my wow. gosh. You have got to watch that movie, man. It's, it's like it, on the to-do list this afternoon. It's important. It's important. The, the other movie we get a lot, and I've actually never seen it, and which is like for shame because I'm from Chicago. I've never seen Space Jam. And everyone's like, this is like Space Jam. <laughs> what? what are you doing? Oh, man. All right. So you have some I homework to do. That. Oh, my God. I'm appalled at that second <laughs> But, uh, no, like, a lot of people guess – you can guess who, like, Rory's based on because we've had, like every, – every time we've been on a podcast, people will guess, and they guess a different wrestler. I got Jimmy King from, from Ready to Rumble. Oh, okay. So I got Jimmy King. He's a fictional wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Which he's is, a fictional yeah. wrestler. 
so what what I love about these characters is they're they're definitely amalgams of different you know people. There are some that definitely uh, have maybe a are, are influenced somewhat heavily. So for for rock and roll Rory Landell though he's this whole generation of wrestlers at, that, that came out at that time right you, mm-hmm. the Ric Flairs the Randy Savages the Dusty Rhodes all of which interestingly enough sort of stole their patter from Muhammad Ali right yeah. all, oh really the same time. Muhammad Ali though was very <laughs> uh, vocal uh, and, and he publicly would say that he stole his patter from the wrestler Gorgeous George so. It all, guess, I guess, it just came full circle, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like. But uh, we we actually we we thought a lot about superstar Billy Graham when we were thinking about Rory mm-hmm. as one, but probably a you know a big influence, I would say. Obviously, with Don, you could probably catch a lot of uh, classy Freddie Blassie with Don mm-hmm. and a little mm-hmm. Mr. Fuji thrown in. Um, Dick Drazen, you know, you you can see some of Vince McMahon for sure, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, Dick for sure, the, absolutely. The, 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 the promoter, the wrestling promoter, the evil mastermind uh, behind it all. And then, uh, you know, and, and then and then, but like I said, there there really are amalgams of all these like different characters that we. Sunny, there's a, a wrestler named Sunny Jim Cooley, though who we thought a lot about Michael Hayes when we were thinking about him and. Mm-hmm. And then with a lot of the WrestleTopians, it was funny. We would we would just give the artists like a stack of old wrestling magazines and just be like every wrestling cliche you can think of. <laughs> just on this planet. Like it doesn't need to make any sense. There's clown wrestlers probably from some island on WrestleTopia of, of like clown, there's probably an island of clown wrestlers on WrestleTopia. There's yeah. There's you know, luchadors. There's, there's luchadors. Every, I love the luchadors. It doesn't make it. Why do they have a Russian wrestler on WrestleTopia? It's just a cool gimmick. I don't know yeah. why they have it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just go for it, and uh, that's part of the fun of you know, obviously the comic book is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what was the? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I laughed the whole time. What yeah. was the uh, initial pitch like between you guys? Like, what that initial like? All right, I have an idea. There's a wrestler, and you know he's gonna be kind of betrayed, and then he's gonna get drunk a ton, and then like, he's gonna get a little fat, and then a planet's gonna invade. Like, you know, what what was that like? That that conversation, and were, was it instantly like, oh, absolutely, this is heat, this is gonna be amazing, or was it more of a gradual kind of building from maybe an initial kernel of an idea? On that. Uh, so Ed kind of had the initial pitch and, and like we, we have to go back like 10, 11 years because mm. that, that's the time when we wrote the screenplay. But all, like all he had was look like the there's a planet that, you know, in which the civilization is entirely built around pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is real there, you know, and whoever becomes champion rules the planet. And <laughs> this planet invades earth and they put a steel cage around earth and that's what ed had we, we didn't have like you know the that you know there's you know some you know wrestler and he said he declares himself galactic champion and then the satellite symbol goes out yeah, yeah but like for me it was just that like visual of like you know these wrestler this, these aliens putting a steel cage around earth yeah. like i love that image that's so too. iconic and, and so you know we just we did our typical kind of like brainstorming session. We were just bouncing ideas off of each other. Yeah. yeah. And 
it's you know like this is like a decade ago when we wrote the screenplay but and a lot of things obviously have changed since that screenplay but mm-hmm. at the same time like i would say most of like the major major beats remained consistent throughout every draft we've done of this yeah i mean the, the major building blocks kind of came together from there because you're like okay that's that's great there's a planet of wrestling aliens and, and wrestling is real to them right it's their way of life well how would we piss them off well you could give a, you could, a someone could cut a promo on on television and and of course there's the you know the whole tv signal and space thing right yeah, yeah. okay so great um they invade they have their uh, own re- galactic champion and he wants a title unification bout right uh with rory um but then it's like, well, it's like, well, then <clears throat> if Rory were just to show up and fight, that would, wouldn't be much of a story. It'd be pretty short. So how do we make it? How do we make it difficult for Rory to get mm-hmm. to actually make it to this match and mm-hmm. trend with, with the whole fate of the planet on the line at this during mm-hmm. this match? And it's well, number one, he's he's constantly shooting himself in the foot because that's you know him him at least at the start. But then number two. Um, it was like, okay, well, we need to introduce a complication. And, you know, all you have to do is look at wrestling, right? Like, like the, no, there's no no angle in wrestling um, is good enough that you can't, you know, overcomplicate it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> wrestling is great for, <laughs> for overcomplicating their angles. And yeah. they're great at, you know, there's lots of backstabbing and, and double crossing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then just from there, just from there, we just, just kept working on it to, to be like, okay, this is going to be a, you know, a physical journey. Mm-hmm. for Rory to make it to this match and but also sort of an emotional journey he's got to get his head screwed on kind of straight and there's got to be somebody that's you know so there's got to be some people working against him or else he would just you know pop on a plane and and, and fly to St. Paul and that that mm-hmm. story yeah so um yeah and then just just going from there and, and, and it did take a lot of work and a lot of time but like I said I think you know, with two people working on it together who are you know uh, have uh, have a lot of chemistry and are compatible with the type of 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 writing and storytelling it it gets you know it gets done Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah it did take a lot of work and then we had to we write this big outline and and say like well how do we break this down like per issue (laughs) and all we could think of was well, well each issue probably needs to end on a little bit of a cliffhanger right so we'll just take this chunk of the story and that'll be issue one and that chunk of the story will be issued two three four five six well we ended up with six issues the first issue is 32 pages the next uh four are kind of normal in that they're about 24 pages like a normal Mm -hmm. comic book is supposed to be and then Mm -hmm. the last this issue six is 47 pages long. <laughs> That's partly why it's taken so long. It's just this monster, you know, we didn't want to rush it too much or, you know, right. we didn't want to, we didn't want to just sort of, uh, you know, just, we didn't want it to feel too rushed. The climax. Right. right. For sure. But, yeah. uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to end it like game of Thrones did. Right. Yeah, yeah. can't fizzle. fumble the ball at the goal line. <laughs> see what people think, but was, you know, it's forty-seven pages, so we tried. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. I um, what I what I really like about Rory's story is that it's set in this very kind of like zany and hilarious hilarious world, but 
I feel like there's actually some like emotion, like an emotional journey to Rory's story and, yeah. and a lot of relatable things, you know, like he's kind of a burnout and, you know, he kind of is, drinks a little bit too much and, you know, yeah. he fought the fall from grace. And, you know, I, I think that's set in this zany kind of right. Cheers. Hey, here, here. Uh, um, but I do think it's cool to set in this zany world that you you have a, a hero that's relatable and and kind of in that way. So love it. Yeah. Um, yeah I go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was gonna say I think like if Ed and I kind of have a style, it's we tend to come up with absolutely absurd premises, but ground <laughs> them in fairly realistic characters. Like mm. if that's sort of like a hallmark of the type of work we do together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Makes it very relatable. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we collectively we read twenty five books about wrestling as research for this and most of them were wrestlers autobiographies Mm -hmm. so a lot of that sort of found its way into rory's story and the other characters Mm -hmm. non-wrestletopian characters stories cool um speaking of this 47 page book six we read book one through five but we Mm. have not read book six what what are your plans with release is that out um what are you guys kind of thinking as far as bringing that juicy conclusion to the public well this is a little embarrassing but we're we're not exactly sure we we finished it it's completely done mm-hmm. and it's been submitted to comiXology and we're going to send it out of course to everyone on our press release to review but we do, we don't know what day they're going to release it um so, as a matter of fact, it's funny. While Matt was talking, I was like googling to see if <laughs> was like, is it out yet, uh, or you know, if they if they've just given us a date. I, I, I so at this point, it'll definitely I could say almost certainly it'll be out on a, a Comicsology on a Wednesday in August, and we'll send it to you guys and everyone else on this press release. Hopefully, like at nice. least a, a week or two before, if we can figure out what 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 date it is. But it's yeah, it's completely done um we're we're, not, we're just not yeah we're just waiting on to, to, to hopefully you know figure out the, the exact date it'll be released so that mm-hmm. when we tell people uh, you know we can at least tell people when they can go and go and, and check it out and go and buy it and go and check mm-hmm. it out if they want yeah um, it just feels really um i guess we could send it out now but it feels really embarrassing to not have a clue as to what Wednesday it will be yeah. released. <laughs> so, that's weird. Comicsology doesn't communicate with you guys. Like, okay, this is the plan with uh, <laughs> take it and, and run with it. Uh, it um, I think it's, a part of this has it has to do with um, the pandemic and everyone's working from home. Yeah, yeah. And so the lines of communication are just a little bit slower between us and our and Starburns and Comixology and because with all the other issues there they would be like we'd send it to them and within you know a couple of days it'd be like you know uh, the Comixology has kind of kind of has a long sort of um, approval and QA process but they'll in the past they've always been like boom this will be you know Wednesday May you know thirteenth or whatever it was. Right. Um, it's just this one issue. It's just this one issue that that we just huh. uh, haven't figured it out yet. But but yeah. it is it is finished. It's <laughs> done. It's done. Well, there I also, would tell you. Oh, go ahead. No, there is a three. There there's like a two page preview on our website. Is there? If, if okay. you're that curious, yeah. We're pretty curious. I'm pretty curious, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, I, was, I can't wait to get my hands us, on it. 
we're yeah. pretty I think all of us are like, what the hell? Where's the rest? <laughs> yeah, like it just ends and like like you said, the cliffhanger hits and you're just like, okay, like it's what? It's gonna be one of those oh. Netflix series. Yeah. <laughs> it got canceled. We got canceled and that's it. No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, we would love to, uh, you know, review before it gets released if we can get yeah, an insider. Is that? we'll send something to your way. Promo, uh, love it. That's the plan, <laughs> is that folks like yourselves get it with a little time to to read it and review it and all that stuff. And I just don't know if this thing is coming out in September or or August or January. Or we just have no clue. And so, um. Very soon. is giving us a cliffhanger of them their, their, <laughs> themselves. Yeah. <laughs> very, very soon, or else we'll yeah, or else we'll, I guess at some point we'll just unleash the kraken and that'll be it, and we'll yeah. just go rogue. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe our hands of this thing. And, you know. Cool, cool. Um, so we usually it sounds like comicology is a place to get it. Is there anywhere else anybody can read or you know catch your book? Um, I think it's a great book. I read a lot of comics, uh, and it was definitely entertaining, very easy to read, and uh, I think any, everybody should be reading it. Uh, like, too bad you have any paper copies. You know, we can, I can get some. I have, we have a very close yeah. relationship with the comic book store out here. We can, he'll definitely put them, he's always about local artists, and he would put them out cool. there to sell, but awesome. um, is there anywhere yeah. else? Well, we uh, right now it's exclusive to Comixology, and now okay. that'll hopefully change uh like i said you know things things the world being so um crazy it, it, it's we're a little unsure but um we're gonna truly try to get a trade in print in comic book stores and other stores i'll will say just um for people who are interested that single issues do have some really cool exclusive bonus content that we we really took a lot of time to sort of write and artists make special art for and we think it's really cool bonus content really neat um there's mm-hmm. a ton of it but but each issue has some we won't reprint that in the trade the trade will have its own kind of like extra bonus uh, cool content but the single issues will have some exclusive stuff uh so you know uh, maybe it's, it's a little bit of incentive to to check to get those even digitally but uh, yeah, hopefully the trade, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep people apprised, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, whatever, we'll keep people in the loop, but uh, uh, hopefully the trade at least in print and then we'll, we'll see about the single issues uh, maybe at some point next year. I maybe. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We already have a beautiful painted cover for the yeah. trade. Yeah. We, the trade is really ready to go. We just, yeah. Yeah. By an artist who has uh, done work for Disney and Pixar and Netflix. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Legit. Cool. Yeah. So, um, as we kind of conclude this uh, this conversation, I've had a great time. Thank you guys for, for yes. being here. I have one more question, and it is, uh, what are you guys working on now? What's the next What's the next project for, for Matt and Ed, the <laughs> dynamic duo? <laughs> Well, comic books is really fun. Uh, we are working on something else, and I think we can talk about it a little bit. I mean, Ooh, it, Hop it, Heroes it, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason we haven't said much about it is because we didn't want to like promise that we were gonna do something and then not do it. But um, 
I think it'll happen. So, Matt, do you want to share? Well, I, I don't know how many. We, so we're currently uh, working on a pitch, which would be a, uh, a horror, you know. Our, so the one movie we wrote was a horror movie. Ed and I are both horror movie fans. Mm-hmm. So um, we are putting together a pitch for a new sort of horror comedy series that uh, hopefully a publisher will find intriguing enough to mm-hmm. fund because uh, after funding our, our own series, I don't think we will be uh, doing <laughs> this again anytime soon. My wife, uh, at some point, you know, I got my, my tax returns for my, my freelancing business, and uh, my wife took a look through them and was like, what's this really large expense? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's, uh, you know, it's a comic book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was an expensive. Now, so, uh, you know, it's, it's funny when we talk about, like, I, honestly, for me, the big thing about, you know, if Hollywood would take note is really, like, to have money to make more comics, you know what I mean, without mm. spending uh, too much of our own money. Uh, if even that were to happen, I'd be pretty thrilled, right? Like just mm-hmm. to have some money to make another series. But uh, yeah, this this next one, I mean, I, we're gonna make it happen. You know, we'll figure it out. And but, would this be it, a comic book then, or would this be a, a movie? Oh, or a we're, TV show? Uh, no, we're gonna do another comic book miniseries. And this was really, this really, this one came from Matt, but it's 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 really great. And like you said, this is a comedy horror, and it um, it uh, I'll just say it's uh, it's sort of like a. Uh, it's like night of the comet meets Westworld sort of thing. And, uh, <laughs> and, I'm uh, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah. Have you guys seen night of the comet? Oh yeah. It's a cult classic. <laughs> well, okay. If, you, if Matt was ready to rumble, you guys have to watch night of the comet. Yeah. If you yeah. haven't seen night of the comet. <laughs> all right. All right. Here. So here's the homework that we're trading. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll watch night of the comet and you'll watch the rumble. And then we'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on the winning and losing end of this exchange? Um, I don't know either. You know, everybody's a winner or a loser, but we're all going down with the ship together. Right <laughs> of the comic. Uh, uh, I have seen pieces of this movie, 1984. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think I turned it off in the middle, but I, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> it was one of those movies I caught on cable in, you know, the like 2006. <laughs> just you know sat down through the whole thing and watched it i haven't so i haven't seen it in over 10 years so i cannot vouch for its quality it was compelling enough for us to steal you know one plot element from it right well see <laughs> now i was um 12 in 1984 so night of the comet for me was like that you know that might have been my favorite movie for six months you know mm-hmm. all time mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that was a movie you stayed up late to watch you know <laughs> nice i dig Ed, it you, you've seen ready to rumble right yes I, I i it's been a while but i did i, I yes that was right up my alley and i actually i mean <laughs> the, 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 the the my favorite scene I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's been out for a long time, but Oliver Platt plays the uh, wrestler who kind of falls on hard times. Yeah. And there's a scene where, where um, David Arquette and his, his buddy show up at his home in the trailer park. 
and they catch him in the middle of he's Oliver Platt is disguised himself as his grandmother yeah, because he's ordered prescription medicine in his grandmother's name. And he's like, he's just, he dressed up as his grown grandmother trying to get like prescription medicine oh off God. of people. And, and what's hilarious is that this guy is David, David Arquette's like hero, like yeah. wrestling <laughs> hero. And he walks in and this dude's like full dress. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you this is this is a little embarrassing. I know we're, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but uh, oh, you're good. <laughs> I attended a couple uh, NWA sort of big time super wrestling events in Portland mm-hmm. as a kid at the Memorial Coliseum uh, where the Trailblazers used to play. And um, I'm but my hero then for whatever reason was this guy named Bobby Jaggers, right? Mm-hmm. And Bobby Jaggers lost his Pacific Northwest belt at one of these events to mm-hmm. Tom Zink. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting outside at the, after the event in the back, I'm waiting by myself, by the way, to get Pete wrestlers autographs. Mm-hmm. Bobby Jaggers comes out and I'm following him to his car. And I'm like, Mr. Jaggers, Mr. Jaggers. <laughs> I hope you back. He's like, yeah, thanks kid. I follow him to his wood paneled station wagon. That looks like it's like two, 15 years, 20 years old, rusted. And it, it, it's just filled with like, it looks like he's been sleeping at it, right? <laughs> oh, no. And I just take one look at the station wagon. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I want to be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> that like, was okay, kind of my career change. Yeah, it wasn't quite like ready to rumble Oliver Platt uh, and trying to get, you know, prescription medicine dressed as his grandmother. But it was, it was, it was close enough for me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you guys so much for being yeah. up heroes, for writing this amazing hey, book, sharing it with us. us. Uh, thanks for having us. to drink before noon on a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on a Sunday. <laughs> we're, we're used to it. Living, uh, living our best life out here. Yeah. Is there is there anything – you guys have Instagram. Uh, I know Jordan hits you guys up on Twitter. So what are you guys' uh, social media handle and where they can – if they have any questions, anybody wants to ask you anything? Uh, well, so we are on Twitter at SBP underscore comics. Uh, we also don't hit us up because it's not a real social media, <laughs> social, social media platform, but uh, we actually have our largest following on Tumblr. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, I believe, we're, Ed, are we just Suspicious Behavior Productions on, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I have it right. Suspicious Behavior Productions on Tumblr where uh i guess over a thousand people quietly quietly follow we don't hear yeah from guys, yeah like okay. yeah, if you've ever been on tumblr <laughs> it's it's like no one actually talks to each other on tumblr so we just <laughs> we just post we just post you know wrestling stuff and comic book stuff up there okay. and then uh we have our own website uh which is suspiciousbehaviorproductions.com which is like the longest url ever <laughs> Um, all right you can find updates uh and previews of the issues on there as well including issue six a special six two page i'm in right over there the the mysterious issue six yeah when we get when we get issue six we'll we'll definitely read it and 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 give a little a final final review and and plug it so i'm looking forward to that Yep. Thank you very Definitely. much. Appreciate it. It'll be it's coming your way uh, 
soon, I promise. So. <laughs> All right, I'll hold yeah. you to it. I'll get, dangle I'll get dangle that carrot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make some phone calls. Make it happen, boys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys again so much. It's been fun, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. All right, thank you. Okay.